Hello and welcome back to the What's Next Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Travis, and here at What's Next Christianity, we believe that no matter where you're at with your walk with Christ, there's always the next step. It'll get you either closer to Christ or it'll get you closer to your community where you can be the hands and feet of Christ in your community. We've been talking about the uh, Prayer of the Lord by R.C. Sproul. It's a book where he takes the model prayer uh, where the disciples ask Jesus how to teach them to pray. And um, this is the prayer that he prayer model that he gave them. It's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Um, so we're actually in the last part of it. Um, and, and this might be a little bit shorter than normal because um, I have God pushing me in my spirit to uh, finish this up. Um, that doesn't mean it's any less important. It just means that um, God's ready to move on to new things through me. Um, we doing some really good reading and some really good listening and praying. And so uh, with that, let's get started with this. And this is uh, the last verse. Um, it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Mr. Sproul talks about in this chapter that when he was studying to do a message on this, um, he normally refers to, um, let's see, the right original translation the Greek and the Hebrew, and he says uh, a couple concordances, a couple commentaries, you know. But when he was doing this, he was surprised at how little um, it was referred to or, or, or mentioned on it. He's like, all the, he looked into like 10 different commentaries, and there's no more than two sentences written on this section of the Lord's Prayer, and it kind of confused him. But he took the assumption that maybe people thought that this was just kind of like something they threw on the end um a, a doxology so to speak which was common back in those days at the end of a prayer something just to add on but um he looks at it as a, as actually a more important maybe even the most important part of the prayer because what it does is you start off the prayer focusing on god you go into us and then you end with god so it kind of brings it back full circuit full circle so uh, it's actually pretty important to get our minds back onto God and all that stuff. So the first part uh, section is called These Things That Are God's. Um, it's His Kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's His Kingdom. Um, it's not the United States where uh, it's by the people, for the people, where we get the decision. You know, it's His sovereign rule. He reigns supreme over all things with no end, you know. Um, and, and that's really important to remember that it is his kingdom and he allows us to be part of it, which is amazing. And, and, and it's so grateful for Jesus for allowing us to do this. Um, and then the next section is God of all power. The word power they use in this section is in the Greek is dunamis, which is the, the, where we get the word dynamite from. Anything about dynamite and dynamite's powerful and all that stuff. Um, because God has the power to create. He has the power to destroy. He has the power to save. And he has the power to enable us to live this Christian life. Um, which, unlike a lot of modern churches these days, they teach uh, uh, life's all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows once you become a Christian. And if you know anything about the Bible and you read the Bible, you know that's not going to be true because God said, you will have tribulation. You will have troubles because he has had troubles. And that, but be a good cheer because he has overcome the world so we got to learn that this is what God wants for us he has the power to have us live this life 
and even though we may be going through uh, troubles, you know, he tells, gives the parable of the storm where the guy built his house on the sand and one guy built his house on the rock, but the same storm hit, right? So if you're built on the rock, you're built on Jesus Christ, and, and you can have the peace through the storm, right? Um, Mr. Sproul mentions that uh, uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a, a big, powerful preacher back in the day, had said, no matter how learned or how knowledgeable the minister is when he comes to the pulpit, without the accompanying, without the accompanying power of God, the Holy Spirit, his sermons are impotent. So, no matter how much I know, how much studying I do, how many degrees I have, uh, if I graduated seminary, uh, if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, then how is the words that I'm speaking going to touch your heart? They're not. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit that touches your heart and allows and convicts your heart so you can change. The uh, Holy Spirit is the power of God. So, and then I like this, so I wrote the whole, whole little session out. Uh, Mr. Sproul writes, I think the greatest weakness in the church today is almost no one believes that God invests his power in the Bible. Everyone is looking for power in a program, in a methodology, in a technique, and in anything and everything, but which in that which God has placed it, which is his word. Um, I like how Mr. Sproul and the C actually capitalized his word um, because if you know, Jesus is the Word of God. So there's dual meaning there. His Word, the Bible. The Bible does have power to convict us and to teach us, right? But it's the Holy Spirit that does it through us. Um, the last, the, the next section is glory to God alone. So uh, Romans eleven thirty six, Paul wrote, for, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. We gotta remember that God has God is the one that gives the glory, gets the glory. God is the only one that is worthy of the glory, right? You know, John the Baptist said, He must increase, but I must decrease. So as we build our Christian faith, we're going to decrease in our carnal nature. And if we're walking by the Spirit and, and living by the Spirit and and reaching out to God to be in his presence, then guess what? We decrease in our carnal nature, and He increases in, 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 in His power inside of us. Not like His power is infinite anyway, but inside of us, we restrict Him, so to speak, because we don't have the faith, we don't have the knowledge um, of the Spirit. You know, we can't understand these things. Only the Holy Spirit in us can. You know, the original temptation in the Bible, um, Satan tempted Eve and Adam. If we want to be honest, Adam was right there um, with a partnership and in, in deity. I mean, he says, you're going to be like God, you know. Um, so his whole thing was to us usurp the glory of God. And that's how he got Eve and Adam to fall. Next, it says forever. So he, his kingdom, his power, his glory forever and ever till the end of time and beyond because God is, God is ever being, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So um, all this is his forever. Um, and because he loves us, he gives us a chance, right? To be a part of that.
and then it ends with amen, which is to be so, you know, so in agreement, this is to be done. This is, this is how it is, right? This is fact, right? Um, and even some modern translations, like not translation, I should say, modern language would say bet. I don't understand it, but apparently it's like, yeah, make, make it so type thing. Um, one interesting thing that uh, Mr. Sproul put in, in here was uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, great composer, great music. I love listening to his music. Um, but this is something I never knew. On every musical, musical composition he wrote, he put the initials SDG, meaning Soli Deo Gloria. So glory to God alone. So Johann Sebastian Bach, his music that will live on forever because it's so great and so uh, amazing that he gave all the glory to God for that. So how does this apply to our lives, right? Um, as, I, as I was thinking about this and stuff, and honestly, the only thing I can say is we must have that reverence toward God. You know, the, the first petition is, hallowed be your name, right? That reverence for him we must have that we must have that reverence for God we must know that he is holy and we are not we must know that we can't live up to his standard we must have that in our lives because that is how we're gonna understand that's how we're going to be able to become a part of his kingdom we can be transformed from glory to glory um, and we must have a spirit of the fear of God. You know, in um, Proverbs, Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, right? And it's not necessarily like I'm scared, I don't want to be in his presence because he scares me. It's not like he's the boogeyman. Um, but it's like the awesome power of God. I mean, just think about it, you know, um, when Moses was leading, leading the Israelites out of Egypt, right? The Bible states that during the day, they were guided by a giant pillar of cloud, right? And at night, it was a giant pillar of fire. Can you imagine seeing that? this giant pillar of fire, and not only is it just there, right? If you're moving, as in the, the camp of Israel's moving, that pillar of fire is moving, leading you where to go what seriously can you imagine that it's hard it blows my mind you know um, you know and then with that and then you you see that they had the uh, the Red Sea part right the amazing power to have the Red Sea part and to be able to walk through and he did the same thing when they crossed the Jordan into the promised land they walked through on dry ground you know the, the Jordan's not as big as Red Sea, but still. But in the midst of all that stuff, they still like, oh, me. We should go back to Egypt. We At least we had food. We had better food. Um, I mean, God was giving them water from a rock. Manna would fall from heaven. And they still complained. There was no true fear of the Lord. Now, at one point in time, there was people in the camp that were bad and against God and God made the earth swallow them up 
How can you witness that and then still not have the glory, have the reverential fear of God, not knowing that God is all powerful and God is our creator and he's our king, but the fact that he can wipe us off the face of the earth. He can make it so we don't exist. He's not going to because he loves us. And that's why he sent Jesus to die for us. And so how do we how do we hold all this stuff? We surrender to his kingdom and to his will. We lay down our lives saying, Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross. God, we thank you for raising him from the dead so we could uh, live. We could not have to face that second death, but we could live our lives. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us power, right, to walk in this life, in, in this life. To, to be able to affect change inside of us so we can help change the world. We can bring more glory to God. We can bring that reverence toward God's name, right? We can help usher in his kingdom, which is here, but people aren't living in it. There are a lot of Christians that aren't living in it. Um, sometimes I wonder if I'm living in it because it's such a fine line and where does living in that kingdom start and where does it end? It starts with faith and knowledge and understanding from the Holy Spirit. So that means we got to be in the Word, we got to be in communication with God, and this is something that with communication with God that, that has hit me really hard recently um, is we don't need to just go to God just because we want something. We don't need to go to God because we don't feel good, we have a tummy ache, um, we're having financial problems. We don't need to just go to Him to be thankful for, for everything He's done for us. Those things are good, but we need to go in prayer to God to have a relationship with Him. He gave the disciples communion to remember him, his body being broken and his blood being shed. But he wants to have a relationship with us, right? You know, in the, in the Bible it talks about um, when one person turns their life over to God that heaven rejoices, right? And, and a lot of times it's preached that all the angels rejoice the saints rejoice. But God doesn't just up there sitting rigid, rule, worship me, you know. He's not. He see he sees you. Think of the story of the prodigal son, right? The dad sees the son far off coming and the father runs to him. Puts his robe on him, puts a ring on his finger, kills a fattened calf for a party, right? That's an image of how God celebrates when we return to him. So you need to return to him. The Bible says we need to return to our first love. Because we don't know love until we know God. Because God is, the, God is love. So if you need to do that, you need to reach out to your local church. Reach out to me, message me, comment below.
uh, what's next Christianity at gmail.com. Reach out. If you need help turning your life to the Lord, there are many, many, many resources out there. But trust God. Ask Him to change your life. And we've got to have that reverence for Him, that love, that, that awestruck of who He is. The more I learn, the more awestruck I get. It's amazing. Thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow I am actually recording with my good friend Matt Diaz. And that video should be posting up on Friday. So like, subscribe, share. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, share uh, with your friends who might find this helpful. That is the end of The Prayer of the Lord by R.C. Sproul. Um, I hope there are some really good things coming. I got a couple of ideas already in the book. And so what God leads me to is what we're going to do. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.